Hi, it's Season 3, Episode 7 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav, joining me this week, John Steggles from Merchester. Hello, how are you doing? Good, not bad. Right, now, we were originally supposed to have Joss Heddington, um, but he got caught up in a bit of traffic, so um, Joss can't make it. Um, uh, which is a shame, but we shall we shall proceed without him. Uh, right. And we're second in the table, um, which is exciting news, and I know it's early in the season and, and all of that, but it's still nice looking at the table. Um, before we talk about that, let, let's rewind a few, a few days and go back to Gillingham in the middle, middle of the week. It was a convincing performance, as um, I think we all expected us to, to win that comfortably. Um, but um, nonetheless, you, you've got to beat the opposition that that you that you're playing against, um, however poor or inferior they they may be. And, and I think we were quite convincing there. Um, very convincing. Um, it was really a, a by the numbers win against the lower league opposition, and quite indicative of the way we go about our business is that the, the way we put them to the sword. Really, it was nice to see Edinburgh back at the lane. Um, remembered fondly, even though he probably wasn't the best defender. But it, w- it was nice to see him. He got a, a nice reception when he kept from what I saw on the telly. But yeah, we, we did the business. Um, nice to see some of the younger players get a run out and get a debut. Nice goal from Winks. So yeah, um, all in all, good performance. I had a couple of questions um, around that match. Um now I was I was there on middle of the week and it, it's nice first time this season um, playing under the floodlights of White Hart Lane and I've got to say it's something special and you f- you forget what it's like so um, the atmosphere was good um, and yeah like I said the convincing win John um, I had a had a question on Twitter from uh, at Lee. Marston eighty one, who asks, "Is Winks the real deal, or just a Mason, um, or Livermore, or O'Hara type player?" Um, I was really impressed with Harry Winks. I've been really looking forward to. to I've, I've, I've seen a bits of him in, in the in the past when he was playing for, for, um, for the youth team. I don't think he had that many opportunities last <laughs> last season. Um, initially, he was injured, um, so I was really looking forward. Um, and I thought I know it's Gillingham, but I thought he did he did really well. I don't. He looked good. I don't think he's another Livermore or Ahara. I hope he's another Mason, and he can play as well as Mason could, because Mason was a good player. And yeah. I think you know he he when he went, it was a bit of a shock considering he'd been with the club for so long. And you know, Wink said that he you know he joined the club as a young lad, and he'd always dreamed of scoring, and he you know and he has. Um, so. Um, it's indicative of Mod Potch's mentality now, giving all these youngsters a run out uh, and, and, and letting them prove their worth. 
Um, I can't think of another team that's bloodied so many youth players over the last couple of seasons than we have. And I'm going to include Dembele and Rosinac because they, you know, they have, even though they signed for us, they came through our academy. Uh, and even if they don't make it with the club, they're in the shop window and they're proving their worth. Um, Daniel Levy will be happy because he'll be able to shift them on for a few bucks. But I think Winks, he's got a lot of competition in midfield to make it. And if he can train with the first team and pick up the good stuff from the, the guys playing in, in and around him, he'll go a long way. Mm. Uh, I mean, Carroll also played, I think, both of them. Well, had, I, don't, I, I can't seem to recall any player putting a foot wrong on... On Wednesday night, it was a resounding performance. Um, I, I would agree with that. Actually, there, there wasn't there wasn't any glaring people who stood out as as, as a blow path performance. I'd say the other thing that stood out about um, about Wednesday, and again, I know I keep saying it's only only ch- ch- um, Gillingham, and I keep emphasising that because I know that's what people will 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 think automatically. But you know, you you. It's quite easy to play some of these teams and win, but just win two nil and not be convincing. And but we were convincing. But I thought, for example, Carter Vickers had a solid game. Obviously, Vimmer came in. There were lots of question marks around him. Does he have a future? Vorm um, did well. Um, Trippier, I thought, did really well. I thought some of the some of the balls he put in the box were, were really good. Um, and I think Janssen benefited from that. Um, yeah, I'd agree. I think you know, I I think I picked Edwards last time I was on as being a start, you know, the one to look out for. And you could see from his uh, um, amazing little run and shot that it was the glimpse of the player that we have there. Um, very much a confidence player and probably needs more time on the pitch to uh, to to come on. But um, Cameron Carter Vickers looked mighty at the back. Absolutely, um, he's he's he is possibly our next Ledley, and I just hope he's got two knees. Oh, that's a uh... That's no, quite a statement. <laughs> it is quite a statement. I mean, you know, um, we've we've got a, um, a, a proud history of producing great centre backs, and he's the next in line for that. I think he 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 did he looked exceptional. He he wasn't even he wasn't bothered. He, he really wasn't bothered by whatever Gillingham had, and he completely bossed them. And because Poch was a defender, I think you know he he could work wonders with him. Um. Also, just bring it back to to Winks. The only thing I would say about Winks was the fact that I think, see, I think, I think in games, in cup games like this against Gillingham, uh, teams like that, uh, players like Winks and and Carroll will get a lot of time on the ball, and they'll they'll do what they what they could at. Both of them are you know, very comfortable on the ball. Um, the only thing that slightly concerns me is if they come 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 up against. Um, Bigger teams, stronger teams, and we saw this to some degree last season um, in, against Dortmund. Um, whether they have the, the strength, physical strength, to to compete against some of those diet, um, some, some of those um, level of teams. Now, I'm not talking about stature because you know you can get somebody like Modric who was quite small, but he was very strong. Um, he, he worked on his upper body strength, and he was strong, and he could hold up the ball. Um, in, in his own way, um, so I think that's what they need to. You know, they, they've got, they've got um, their, their stature isn't particularly big if you look at Winks, but I think that the the example that that they need to aspire to. I'm not saying reach those levels or, or be as good as Modric, but in terms of um, 
Modric working on his strength and being somebody that was difficult to get the ball off, not just through his ability and his skill, ultimately, but he he he, he wasn't somebody that would fall over easily. And I think that that, that would be, for me, the, the, the next step for somebody like Winks and, and Carroll. Can they... Can they do it against the bigger bigger boys when they're called upon? We saw on a few occasions last season with Carroll when he came in um, for Dembele, for example, and Dembele was injured. And he just didn't look quite up to it. Um, Newcastle game being... Newcastle at home uh, when we lost back in December, I think, was a case in point. Although I don't think any of the Spurs players played, played well on that occasion. No, they didn't cover themselves in glory. I, I, I think, like I said, if, if Winks can learn from the players around him, I mean, Modric was a metronome. He just he kept that ball just ticking over, and, and he, he got it, and it went forward, and, he, and and every pass literally seemed to unlock defenses and midfields. Um, if if Winks can do that, then he'll be a hell of a player. But if it's if it's if he's got it in his game, um, Poch, the coaches at the Tottenham, you know, they're they're bringing all these players through, and they're just doing a fantastic job. It seems like the conveyor belt is never ending. Um, in terms of playing against bigger teams, I don't think they'll risk any of these in the Champions League. It'll be more cup games. And if we've got Liverpool in the next round of the um, League Cup, so mm. we play them. Liverpool don't have any European fixtures, so they're not going to rotate anybody. So they will have a strong team out. So I can I, I don't I don't want to think that we'll not put out a strong team, but if we put the kids out, we could be on for a hiding for nothing there. And they'll probably get an extended run of games in the FA Cup, um, but we'll see. Um, I'd like I'd like to see them play more, and it's exciting to see them come on. Just on um, on the on the Liverpool game, it's interesting. I mean, do we? You know, obviously. We'd like us to win all as fans. We'd we'd like we'd like Tottenham to win um, all the competitions that we that we're competing in. But do we field a, a stronger team for for, for, for that match, um, or do we write it off? I mean, my thoughts are that we could pretty much field the same team, bar maybe bring in Toby, for example, and say Musa if they're available. Add a bit of strength, add a bit of steel and experience, because um, if you look at it. A lot of the players that played the other night, um, you know, there was still a lot of quality on the pitch. Still a lot of people that are first team regulars or, or in and around the first team. Ericsson, Lamella, obviously Janssen by by virtue of Kane's in- injury. Which direction, if you were if you were Maurizio Pochettino, which direction would you take it, John, for that match? We so for our, next, our run of games, including yesterday, I think six of our next seven are away from home, mm-hmm. and our home game is Man City, which potentially is our hardest game out of those those games. I think the game before Liverpool is a Champions League game. If I'm not mistaken, in my mind, I won't be completely wrong by that. But I think he has to, I think he'll be looking to play the strongest team and blood the youngsters in the cup games. So I, I would think that he'll, it won't be much different from the Gillingham team that went out, but um, you might be right. There might be one or two players that, that come in just to bolster it. Um, I, I certainly think that uh, uh, Winks, perhaps alongside um, Wanyama and Dembele, would be a good choice in there and, ju- and just push him forward a little bit and see how he can do. But I, I don't think certainly he'll he'll just uh, like Dortmund, where he picked literally picked the, the, for um, the same team through all of those games. I don't. I think he'll change it. I think he may have learned a little bit from that. 
Um, final thing. So we had a, a question on Twitter from at bubble three three four one seven zero. Um, there's a Twitter handle. It's everyone's one. Um, out of the young players who have played versus Gilling- Gillingham, which one do the panel think is going to be the next star at the lane? You, I think you sort of were hinting towards um, Edwards. Yeah, Edwards or, or Cameron Carter-Vickers. One of those two. Pick one of those two. Um, Ed- Edwards, if he gets time on the time on the ball and time in the, on the pitch, will be a star. I mean, you know, he he looks like he had the skills and confidence to burn. But Cameron Carter-Vickers looks mighty at the back. He really does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about yourself? Who do you think? I think I would probably say Edwards. He's certainly technically he's very good when he when he came on. Um, but I, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of Wink, so um, I think he will he will go about his business and and but in a sort of quiet way. I think in a I can see him being I can see him having a feature at Spurs um, and doing really well. But I don't think he will be a star necessarily. Um, if if we're talking about somebody that can you know light up a room, then yeah, I think Edwards has got has got all of that in his in his in his locker. Um, and Carter Vickers for different reasons, but um, will he be the next Ledley King? I, I, uh, well, time will tell. But um, I, I think that's the beauty of it. We're going to see all this unfold in front of us. Absolutely. Right. Um, Yesterday, um, we played Middlesbrough um, and uh, we won um, convincingly. I think, I think that that was our best performance of this season in the league, more so than Stoke overall. And I'll tell you why, because I thought against Stoke we were quite lucky the first half an hour. I think we were, we were actually quite poor and not, not at the races. Yesterday, arguably, it was probably the other way around, that we had a very good first half and then maybe allow them to come back in second half. But I think overall, I think we did did really well. I mean, some people I've heard cite last week against Sunderland <coughs> as being a convincing, well, being a really good performance. But I, I, the fact that we only managed to win 1-0 um, made me feel very nervous at the time. Um, we, we didn't put away our chances. Um, we got the three points. Whereas I, I was much more impressed with yesterday. I think overall it, it was shades of last season at its very best, and I think we're starting to hit hit, hit the gears at the right time. Uh, I think we were fantastic. The first half was probably one of the best halves of away football that I've seen, and I really can't work out if we were exceptional or if Borough were just shit in that half because we we were good. I mean, for some of that game, our formation was four one four one or even a five zero five. We had five people pressing and trying to attack. It was it was it was something else to behold. It really was. I mean, they they didn't have a shot on goal till after the 60th minute. They had they you know for for all the possession stats you can say well they had 40 percent of the ball. They had nothing that first half, and I think in the second half honestly they had 20 minutes. We we were very very good. Yeah. I'm not taking any anything away from our performance, but I couldn't help part of me couldn't help thinking that. Not that Middlesbrough were poor, but they weren't fully prepared for us. They didn't really know what hit them, and that, um, and we, we, and then we fully capitalised on that. I, I think the way we pressed the ball and uh, and our uh, getting the ball back was brilliant. 
Um, I think Wanyama yesterday had one of the best games I've seen. He is a destroyer in midfield. He's agricultural, but he did it so well. He had that ball back and had it moving on quickly. And it just we just kept going back at them. It, it was like waves and waves. Mm. It, it, you know, lots of possession. It, it was... It really was good. I, I, I was open mouthed at, at times. I just couldn't. I couldn't believe it. They just they didn't they didn't come in our penalty box they were, until Jordan Rhodes in the second half. I'm gushing about it because it really was that good. It really was. I really do think it was that good. Uh, I, I felt again. Obviously, it was, it was a different lineup, but in much the same way. Uh, like I said earlier about Gillingham, I, I couldn't find a player that put a foot wrong <laughs> yesterday. I thought. I thought Larice. Larice did well. Um, Larice's mum could have been in goal for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. He had nothing to do. He had nothing. She would have probably done a better job when it came to to kicking the ball. And there, actually, there were one or two moments, and I won't. I'm not going to hold Larice accountable for this. I think collectively, um, that our defenders and Larice were at times um, trying to play the ball too much outside of. Um, uh, or, or outside, in, out, within his, his, the, the, the penalty box, um, and not just clearing it, and just trying to play it too much, and and we will look like there was a few occasions we were going to get caught out, or, or somebody was going to make a mistake. That was a bit, um, a few moments in the second half like that, I was a little bit nervous. But um, fullbacks, uh, Walker, superb, superb, out of error and. Um, uh, for Tongan, the usual, usual self. I thought Davis had a really good game. I think he's he's finding his feet now. Yeah, no, he was much better yesterday. Uh, he he was he had a, he did have a good game. Um, the, I, I would say that though, if you're looking for a poor performance, I don't think Sissoko did very well yesterday. Well, we, had, we had a question. I'm just jump ahead. Um, we had a question from Paul Iso, Iso, who just simply says Sissoko discuss. Now, I. <sighs> Reading a lot of stuff on social media and 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 also listening to other, to other podcasts, I think that um, I think a lot of people don't know what to make of him. I, I I think there's a player there. I think there's talent, but it just feels at the moment as though if you think of our team as a jigsaw, it just feels as though he's a he's a piece in that jigsaw, but he doesn't. He's not the right piece. He doesn't fit in at the moment. Um, yeah, that's a good analogy. I, I found him frustrating. There was there was air kicks, there was misplaced passes. Um, he was it was it was jarringly obvious that he wasn't up to the races yesterday. Um, sometimes had poor positioning. Um, you know, I wouldn't like to write a player off, and we've got to give him some time. I mean, he's played in the Premiership. He's up to speed. It's not like he's just coming from France or or um, another league and mm. trying to get up to speed he knows what the premiership's about um i'm hoping the coaching will turn it around um and it was quite amusing yesterday i did he get injured or did he just not fancy playing for the rest of the match or he went down i've heard some newcastle fans say that that's what he does when he doesn't fancy it. he'll go down and pretend to be injured and then go off the pitch so it'll be interesting to see if that happens again well in, in the worst case scenario um Let's just say it didn't work out, and we, which as you, you're right, so it can take a, sometimes a year for a player to to bed in. Although, as you, as you point out, he's he's accustomed to playing in the, in the Premier League, so it's not as if he's come from another league. But if after a year, 
it, it wasn't working out. We decided to to move them on. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that we would only end up giving Newcastle five million of that seventeen million, and another I, club would would pay that. I I think what it is is we pay six million per year for every year the the, the club. So over five years, it would cost us thirty million. So if we shifted them on at the end of this year, we'd only pay six million pounds of that contract up. Okay, so effectively, it's, it's, it's instalments. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, another Daniel Levy special. Um, yeah. Gotta love the man for constructing a deal. I'd hate to be dealing with him. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's a, he's an astute. Whatever anybody says about him, he's an astute businessman, and 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 at the end of the day, he's going to do things in the best interests of, of well. Say best interest in the club, best interest maybe of, of Daniel Levy, but that ultimately means not being, um, you know, you know be, being prudent with with the finances and not overspending and not pissing a whole load of money down down the drain. Um, and you know, if you look look at our club, and you only have to go back what a quarter of a century ago when when Evan Scholar was was there and the mess that. Yeah. was left behind and then okay Alan Sugar came in and, and so forth but um, we're not not only are the books balanced and, and Dutchwood we're not in the red um, we're actually progressing and going forward and we're building a stadium and we, we the way that we're going about that is, is also it, it's been done in the right way so um, I mean people say oh he doesn't spend money and there's you know the transfer windows is a bit flat but he spent 30 million pounds on Sissoko, allegedly. Um, and he also, the, the money that came in for Bale, he reinvested in a squad. Okay, we might only have one or two of those players left, but he reinvested that money. Yeah. It's not disappearing out of the club. And, you know, you've got to be careful that you don't overstretch yourself in your finances. If you look at clubs that have uh, gone belly up. Leeds, um, Leeds United. Exactly. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no 10 grand on a fish tank. There's no money being uh, Rangers as well. There's no money disappearing out of the club. It's all reinvested, and uh, as a businessman, you can't fault him. He he's got the best interests of heart, the, the club at heart, like you say, because he wants to make money. The best way of making money is keeping the club in business, and, uh, pushing it forward. Uh, you know, the, just look around White Hart Lane. What's going on? Mm. He he wouldn't. But you know, if 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 he didn't he he didn't want to make more money. He didn't care about the club. He wouldn't be building that stadium. And I know that it's, he's a very marmite manager. But uh, uh, sorry, chairman. But I'm quite happy with his tenure there. Um, and you know, the grass is never greener somewhere else. So, it, you know, we could be in a lot worse positions. Absolutely. Um, back on the game, uh, Ericsson I thought had had one of his better games for us. I thought he did did really well. And um, we'll come to Son in a minute for obvious reasons. Um, Janssen, I thought. Did did well. He's he's um, he allowed other players to play off him, um, and he was certainly a presence up up front. I, I really wish that I know he scored um, in the middle of the week, but that was a penalty. I really do hope that a goal comes for him soon, just so he can get that monkey off his back, as in a goal from open play. Um, but but I thought he did as, as well as he could, and we'll just have to see how that pans out I, I think we've got some questions on, on the answer in the game later on um, but Son what a player um, yes. it's, now it's funny because one of the early podcasts we, d- we did this season um, <laughs> Joss Joss Hellington was on it um, and and he was supposed to obviously uh, join us 
today, um, but wasn't able to, which which is a great shame because I was going to I was going to call him out because I do remember Joss saying that Son would get his opportunities in the League Cup and the FA Cup, um, and to be fair to, to to Joss though, that happens to the, the best of us. I mean, I remember last season being critical of Dembele, um, seasons before that Lamella. Um, I think we we all look at a player. We all have a tendency as as um, as fans, you know, even ex-professionals, will we'll look at a player and think, yeah, he's, he's not really up to it. He's not really... And then get proven wrong. And in, in a sense, that's the beauty of the game. But you, you just don't know. And Son this season, I mean, he's been on fire. What, four goals in the league? Yeah. We, we don't see what goes on on the, on, on the training pitch and the, on the coaching and what, what, what Poch and the other guys see in him and seeing the other players to pick them at the weekend. And you know, he, he. I don't think he would. Any of them would be on the pitch if they were below par or sub or sub performance. Um, but he he fitted into a very attacking lineup this weekend. Um, I, I had a question when I saw the night whether Ali was going to play deeper or further forward. Um, I thought he didn't have a very good match yesterday, but Son, um, he is proving to be the you know the the match winner, the the champion, the golden boy, the, you know. At the moment, but I would say you've got to look at Wanyama, Eriksson, Son, Janssen. Um, you know, the defence didn't really have that much to do. You know, across the pitch, there was there was great performances from all people that came on and stepped up when they had to because of if you think of the players that we've got missing. Mm. I mean, it was a pity that they scored with their first shot on target, and we had a twitchy twenty minutes. Um, the thing is, then Lamella came on and he did more in two minutes than I think than Sissoko did for 70. Yeah. He pressed, created good chances for Son and he won headers. Um, you know, and yeah, there's a, there's a question later on about Walker and the right side. And I think that was mainly down to Sissoko not offering him any protection and just wandering about. Mm. Unfortunately. Well, just on, um, actually, uh, finish off on Son and, and then I've got a, a, a point about Lamella. Um, and again, this is sort of one of those things we're not privy to what what goes on behind cl- closed doors. But you, you'll see, see what I mean in, in a minute. So, firstly, on Sun, we had um, several questions um, around him and his performance. So, Chris Cal says he thought the Sun has had a very good start to the season. Thinks he shifts the ball from left to, to, to from his effort to his right foot so quickly that certain defenders can really struggle with mo- mobility. Um, Ed Brad says, "Can Sun maintain his early form of the se- uh, early form this season?" And then Emma Donovan says, "Are you surprised in Sunny's recent form, or did you suspect this is what happens when we make subtle changes and let people play in different pos- position, posi- positions?" Um, and if you are not surprised, are you fibbing just to look good on the pod? Um, um, well, like I said, you, you should never write players off until they've had at least a season to acclimatise to the pace and style of the Premier League. I think Son always showed flashes of skill, but then got injured, unfortunately. And, you know, he always played well in games when he was on and, and then injured and then didn't regain that. But against top opposition when it counts, Stoke and Borough are rubbish. City would be a different level and let's see if he can keep it going against them. And really, but I'm I'm happy and... I'm happy and surprised that he's doing so well. Um, and it seems that across that front five or six, there's a match winner in every single one of them. If one of them doesn't step up, another one will. Or two or three of them will step up. It seems like there's 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 plenty of talent and people up there to, to pick up 
anything that comes their way. Mm. And they're, they're all... <laughs> They've all got something different in in their armory. I mean, you've got Son, who's he's quite direct and he's got pace. Um, you've got Ericsson and Lamella that are more, if you like, playmakers that, that can see that pass, um, but but also very different in 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 their makeup. Okay, one of them's obviously one of them's left-footed and, and the other one's um, right-footed, but but just in the way they they go about things. And then you've got Deli Ali as well, and what he offers. So there's a there's a contrast there between all those players. Um, they all give something different. And um, depending also on who we play, it might be that there are some teams that will struggle with, with, with Sun. Um, well, I think any, any defender doesn't like pace, but I think there are some teams that would... Um, that having Sun play against them, it would, it would stretch them and, 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 and open up opportunities um, elsewhere for other players. Um, his... His first goal was everybody goes on about his second goal. His first goal, I thought, was re- really well taken, um, and that that was a good move. And his second goal, um, whilst it was different, it did remind me of his his second against Stoke as well. Just a fantastic shot, and it, uh, it, it was the tenacity with which he, I mean, he was driving towards the goal line, and he managed to keep the ball alive and come back, steal it off a player's toes, and then you know curl it outside the post and in. It was it was it was lovely. Mm. Um, it, he, he, you know, he was flat out at the end. He was lying on the pitch, blowing. Um, he he gave everything in that game, I think. Um, and that's good to see that players are willing to go that far for the team and commit and and play. There was, you know, stories coming out of the week from Poch saying that he said he wanted to go back to Germany in the close season. I'm, you know. I'm glad they didn't let him go. I don't know if they ever entertained any offers, but I'm glad he didn't go. He um is also very good at taking corners, which is, seems to be a you know rare thing. I mean, not just I know Ericsson's come in for a lot of flack this season and, and last season, but even if you go back a few, few years back, I remember when we had Van der Vaart and and Bale. There was a there was a, a period of time where we were struggling when it came to to, to corners, and um, he was taking some really good corners yesterday. It's nice to see. We've we've always struggled with taking corners, beating the first man. I mean, I don't know. Harry Kane's never a corner taker, and Lamella can Lamella can do it. Ericsson, the dead ball export expert, should be good at doing it, but isn't. So it's good to see Son having a go and putting them, you know, in around the penalty box and causing trouble. The reception that he got yesterday as well from from the Spurs fans was was also good good to see. Um, just on that, um, so I I went up to to. Middlesbrough yesterday for the first time. Um, just very briefly, um, we had a question, another one again on Twitter from at bubble three three four one seven zero, who asked, "How grim is it up north?" Um, well, uh, um, I wouldn't be living in Middlesbrough, put it that way, if I had a choice. Um, it was um, trained from London King, King's Cross to Darlington was fairly straightforward, and then we got off at Darlington, and there was a train going from Darlington straight to Middlesbrough. So, waiting there, waiting there. Um, train turns up. Um, it looked like a toy train. It <laughs> looked. It was tiny, and it had two carriages. So, a whole load of Spurs, predominantly um, Tottenham fans, a few Middlesbrough, but predominantly Tottenham fans, and then the odd poor bystander that's uh, that's not interested in football get on this train, and it we're all squashed, and and the train's not moving, so delayed by six minutes. Then it was about five stops on this packed, really, really packed train. Um, and the 
as we say, the scenery wasn't you know, at each stop um, wasn't particularly nice. And when we got to Middlesbrough, um, again, like a lot of these stadiums, new stadiums like Stoke, for example, um, Reading, another one, they, they, they're just sort of built out in the middle of nowhere near a motorway or some or, or, or in, in, industrial state. Sorry, the docks. Yep, docks. And this was, I mean, this was right next to the river and the riverside, I guess. Um, and it's across a bridge. The stadium itself was. Um, I liked it because I thought the atmosphere was very good in terms of Spurs fans, as, you, as you'd expect for an away game. I thought the Middlesbrough fans were very vocal. Um, there was, obviously, after we scored, um, they, they, they were quiet for a considerable period of time, but they, they, they dragged their team back, in, back into the game second half. But they were, otherwise, they were quite vocal, which, which was good. Um, and the view was, was, was really good as well. Um, some of these new, new stadiums that they... Um, they look fantastic um, architecturally, but they can often you can be quite away from the pitch, or the atmosphere isn't good. Um, but I, I thought this this was a decent stadium. Um, the journey back was quite interesting. So I got a train to York, and then York to London. I was on a Virgin train, and I ended up paying. Um, I'm not going to say how much I paid, but um, let's just say I paid more than I sh- more than I wanted to for a train ticket. Um, I don't know whether it's I've, I've seen this with Sunderland as well. I don't know whether it's the fact that nobody wants to visit um, the North East or certainly Middlesbrough and Sunderland, um, but it seems that train tickets um, are much much higher um, going to those places. Maybe there are fewer trains, um, but I was paying stupid amounts of money for a train ticket and um, I had no seat and I was slumped on the floor, um, a bit like Jeremy Corbyn um, on a Virgin Media train, uh, Virgin Virgin Media Virgin train even. Um, which, <laughs> Which was which 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 was annoying, um, and then when I eventually got a seat, um, now this is quite got mixed mixed feelings about this. So there was a group of Spurs fans, and they were singing songs, and um, I personally I wouldn't consider their behaviour yobbish, and I quite they they were one end of the carriage, and some of them were standing up. Um, because they didn't have seats, and they were just singing songs, and it, none of it was in any way racist or offensive. Or I, I, to me, I don't think that it was a, that their behaviour. There was anything wrong with their behaviour, or that, or it was intimidating, or anything like that, or or yobbish even. And they were just singing songs, um, like fixing it. Yeah, it, Victor Wanyama, he ate spaghetti, um, and uh, what is that all about? I, I don't, well, it stems from the fact that. Um, he didn't he tweet when he was at Southampton that he said he said something along the lines of, "I had spaghetti today and I really enjoyed it," and then that's become something that Tottenham fans have sort of latched upon. And then I remember when he joined us, there was a photo shoot of him holding some spaghetti. Um, so I guess it's sort of the song is on the back of that, but it's, it's ironic. They'll they'll make a make joke out of anything, won't they? Yeah. Um, so to me, it was it was it was fun, but there was um, a group of people on the train, um, two or three young ladies who obviously weren't football fans, and that's fine. And and the the noise was really annoying them, and I I, I could sort of empathise with them. And, and you know, football's not their cup of tea. And if and although it wasn't a quiet carriage, um, I suppose if you take your seat into a, into a train, train you, you don't expect that level of noise or, or, or rowdiness. And, and that's all it was. It was just young men, in some cases not so young, um, slightly drunk maybe, um, and just slight, and, and just a bit bit rowdy. But they were complaining about it quite a lot and um, even suggested some of the 
songs were, were racist, which they weren't. Um, I mean, one of the songs was one or two of the songs um, referred to um, the Y word or, or uh, yids. Um, but I, I suppose maybe in their defence, um, the ladies didn't know about the the, the, the history of Tottenham Hotspur and 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 that word and, and the context within which it's used and, and how it's not <sighs> don't want to start the whole uh, Y word thing but it, obviously Tottenham fans um, use that word and in a not in an offensive way should we say but um, yeah they, they were complaining about that and um, these guys got ejected um, so, um, out of the train um, at Peterborough um, and they were still complaining about it afterwards and I, I, I don't know I don't I I had a great deal of sympathy um, with with the with our fans, um, and I think the thing that I took offence to at the same time I could sort of understand that it, you know it wasn't their cup of tea and 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 they perhaps didn't like the the fact that there were lots of men singing and being quite loud, but I at the same time I was also f- f- quite offended that they. F- Sort of tarred all fans with the same brush. Um, they were somehow yobbish, but there's a light, there's a fine line between exuberance and and fear. Um, and I can imagine that if you're on a train and there's a, a group of uh, drunken supporters of any team chanting, that if it, you know you could a take offence quite easily and b um, you know it could depending on the group of fans and how drunk they are, it could turn one from one way to the other. Um, but there's no there's no reason to complain about chanting and singing if it's good natured, really. Mm. Um, who knows? You know, maybe they're Arsenal fans. <laughs> right. Um, oh, the other thing I was I was going to say. So um, uh, oh, we mentioned Lamella briefly mm. earlier on. Now um, at the match yesterday, so um, uh, better friend of mine, um, Annette Smith, before the game, um, Annette's from. Um, lives in Glasgow and she was down um, with her partner David and um, they they stayed at, towards the end of the match and I, I stayed up until the point which Pochettino came over to the players and and sorry came over to came over to, to the fans and um, clapped applauded the fans and, and we, we gave them a good good um, reception and then as you'd imagine, and then he turned round and walked away. And at that at that point, that was my cue to to leave the, the stadium. But Annette was still there, and she told me afterwards that um, he was watching the players. He sat down with with the coaching staff, and he was watching the players warm warm down. Um, now all the all the players who played in the match or who started went off to do some yoga, but the substitutes, including Lamella, who who, who came on as a sub. <laughs> Um, were warming down after the match and apparently Lamella seemed somewhat reluctant um, to to warm down as it were um, now is, is this another Townsend situation? well I wonder, I wonder I mean, I, I'm just going by um, the conversation I, I had with, with, with Annette yesterday um, and I, I that might have appeared to be the case from her vantage point I, I don't know um, what we do know is that Lamella didn't start yesterday I was quite surprised I wasn't surprised that he didn't start against Stoke because it was off the back of a international game um, against Argentina but he, he played in the middle of the week against Gillingham but this is the one I would have expected him to, to start now of course 
we, it, yeah, it, it might not be a Townsend situation, and we don't know what's going but going on behind the scenes. But I, I don't know. I wonder is is is, there, is everything right there? Because for me, if you're going to pick one on the right hand side out of Lamella and Sissoko, and sure, we need to bed Sissoko in and and and, and give him game game time. But for me, Lamella would it would be a no brainer, really. For me, Lamella is a starter over Sissoko every every game. Um, like I didn't, I didn't think Sissoko was good yesterday, and like I said, Lamella offered more when he came on, and I think he was going out there to prove something. And I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect Sissoko to start in uh, against CSKA. I'd expect Lamella to start. He's, uh, yeah, he's he's a better player. Mm. He's got more to offer the team. His work rate's better. His passing's better. His vision's better. His finishing's better. He's just better. I, I, if I if I was Lamella in that situation, my nose would be out of place as well if I'd have sat there and watched how garbage Sissoko was for seventy minutes. Well, I hope I hope it's not another Townsend situation. Like, like we said, we're just speculating here, and we none of us know what what goes on behind the scenes. But I mean, the other thing that uh, just to, add, to further add to that theory that I'm I'm just putting out there, um, we've had over the last few weeks, players sign new contracts, which has been fantastic. And I read somewhere this week um, Pochettino saying that, that the players come to the club and they say they, they, say they, they want an extension rather than the other way around, which shows their intent as, as players, and that's a good thing. I know there are a few outstanding players that haven't signed extensions yet. Um, the talk is that a defender will be the next one, and, and uh, I think Jan... Jan's contract is, is due to run out in, in a few years from now. But Lamella, um, he's the one that concerns me because I don't think since he signed for us in 2013, I don't think he's, he's had an extension. So surely there can't be much time left on his contract. I think you might be right there. Um, and that that is potentially a concern. But with, with the, um, the rush of players signing all on the same day and with the same suit, um, you never know how many more there are to come. It might be misdirection that there's only a defender to come. It could be many more. Um, I have to say, I did chuckle when um, Walker signed and Poch was in his training gear rather than the suit. Mm-hmm. I think I think that was deliberate. I honestly think that was deliberate. I think they said we can't go, we can't do that. We need a new photo, and I think they took another photo. Um, but we'll see. Um, I want him to sign. I, I, you know, he he's proven his worth. Um, you know. He so he suffered with injuries. Didn't really play in the first season. Um, there, you know, there was a lot of grumbling that people thought he was a replacement for Bale, and he was just going to pick up from Bale, where Bale left off. And you know, thirty million pounds, and um, he's going to be flying. But he's proved to be over the last two seasons a key player for us, and I'd like to see him sign. And I, I hope there is no um, trouble there. But like I say, if I if I'd watched Sissoko play and I knew I, what I had in my locker, I'd be pissed off. Yep. Okay. Um, before we do more questions, just quickly predictions on CSK Moscow and then Man City. Um, CSA uh, a win against uh, CSKA Moscow. Um, it's not the middle of winter. Um, we're lucky we're not going there. And it's minus a billion and they're cleaning snow off the pitches. Um, so yeah, I think we can win it quite easily. Okay, Man City. Um, we're going to win. Um, I don't think they're going to know what's hit them. Um, they've they've played pony teams. The only team that they played in the top half of the table is Man United, and they're garbage. They don't they won't know what's hit them. They won't have had a test like playing playing us. 
I really they defensively they're poor. Their goalkeepers poor. So I think I think it could be a high either a high scoring draw or we'll win. Okay, I think we'll we'll, we'll go out to Moscow and, and we'll, we'll we'll get a draw. Man City, I think that <laughs> it's too early in the season. Um, I know that people in the media will, will will like to build it up, but I think that it's far too early in the season to for it to be you know a title decider or, or, or for it to have any any sort of impact on on the final outcome come come the end of the season i think you know if they win okay they'll go seven points clear of us but there's a hell of a lot of football to be played and i think more will depend on consistency elsewhere against other teams um if we win um we will still be second, but we'll be a point behind them. But if it's a draw, if it's a draw, then yeah, the gap is still what it is. Um, but I think that I would like to. I agree. I agree with you. I, I don't. I think they're they're very good, certainly. Um, but who have they played? And yeah. no one. Exactly. They really, really, really haven't. And the, the thing is, you, you say about the the media um, talking us up. Um, we're second. We're getting no praise. We're there, but nobody nobody wants to or will talk about us. All the, we, you know, people say, oh, it doesn't see the narrative. That can fuck off. We're the elephant in the room. We're there, but nobody's talking about us. We're, we're you know, we're fifth favourites to win the league and we're unbeaten. No, nobody considers us. Are we that unfashionable and that, that unliked? I, I can't understand it, but I'm quite ha- happily we're in stealth mode and we're just slipping along nicely. I think that we're going to it's going to we're going to put out a real statement there, statement of intent, and I think we're going to beat Man City, and I will say, I will say three three one. We're going to we're going to win that three one, um, and um, and I think that the goal that we concede might be the first goal that we concede this season in the league, um, in open play. Because I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the three other goals we conceded were were either a penalty or, or two set pieces. I'm I'm quite sure that. Um... Jan um, and, and, and the rest of the guys at the back can take care of, of uh, the little Argentinian. I'm, I'm quite sure of it. it I don't think... I, they haven't been tested and we're going to test them. It, it will, Liverpool hadn't been tested and, you know, they came and they went away with a draw. That draw at the end of the season is going to look like a mighty good result. And I think that we've got enough and we've got enough and we're hitting the form right and we'll beat them. Okay. Um, before we do questions, now I, I was going to say that the, 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 the Spurs ladies um, aren't playing this week, um, so there's no update. But in fact, the the Spurs ladies reserve team um, they've come to Portsmouth to play um, Portsmouth de- development squad. So um, as it's only down the road from Beck, she decided to. to um, Go and take a look, and here's her update. Hi, it's Bex. There's been no ladies' first team game this week, but I have just literally finished and walked back to my car, having watched the reserves play Portsmouth Development in the Premier League Women's Reserve Cup tie. Um, A resounding win, 5-1. Portsmouth offered the sum total of bugger all um, and were resoundingly thrashed. Nice sunny day, bit of a breeze, a problem for the keeper, but apart from that, it was good. Goals came from all over the pitch. Ronelle Humes got two. She was really good today. Uh, she's a fringe player for the first team anyway and really stood out, as did Kelly Smith and Emily Smith. Nikita Winnick came on and scored the final goal to make it the 5-1. And she's obviously a first team player as well. Girls play next weekend, Sunday the 2nd of October at 2 o'clock. They're back home at Chessant in a Premier League match against Basildon.
if anybody's got some free time, it's definitely worth going to watch. Uh, anybody else that's vaguely interested and doesn't care to listen to me blathering on every week, have a look at the Spurs media site. The ladies team have been working really hard on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. There are Spurs ladies updates all over the place. Definitely have a look. It's worthwhile, even if it's just to familiarise yourself with the names and the players. Okay, if you need anything else from me, I am at Bunches Bex on Twitter. And you can also contact me via the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast Facebook page. Cheers, bye-bye. Hi, welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Thank you, Bex. Right, let's finish off with a few questions. Um, David Ives asks, what's happening on, on the right-hand side? Not enough going forward and a little weak in defence. Um, he goes on to say that Walker seems fine. It's just he's underutilised with no one to link up with. I think that sort of touches on what you were saying earlier about um, Sissoko, really. Mm, definitely. I think, I think. Uh, any, anybody else on that side and, and you know Walker goes bombing on because he knows that the ball's going to get to him. And he can he can motor on and cross it in or do something with it. But Sissoko didn't was meandering into the middle of the field and didn't offer him any kind of protection or any you know anything to offer him to go get forward. And I think he did well battling on that side, to be honest with you, and, and worked hard to protect that side of the pitch and what he had going at them. Hmm. Um, yeah, I yeah, yeah Sissoko. I, I, I hate to think that the Newcastle fans are right about him. And I'm not, I don't want to write him off. I'm going to write him off, honey. I've written him off. He's gone. <laughs> He's gone. Well, there's always one. at Stambouli a few years ago, Thazio, you know, yeah. so who knows? Maybe maybe Sissoko might be that player. Or maybe he will he will show his worth. Um, get, him on the, get him on the training pitch. Coach him. Let, let's see. Let's see in a couple of matches time or, you know, half a season away. Let's see. He's also playing with... Um, with his captain for the the national team, Hugo Lloris. So I wonder whether that he'll he'll benefit from that. And also not being disrespectful to, to Newcastle, and this is not an excuse because if you're a player and you're playing for a poor team and they're, they're, they're not struggling, you, you you still have a duty as a professional to roll your sleeves up. Um, but that situation might have um, worn him worn him down, and maybe at a club at a better club with better players. Um, he might show the right level of attitude. Let's hope so. Right, Ed Brad, um, here comes the son. Um, is son the Asian Ronaldo? Well, he's the, he's the uh, he's the football darling of South Korea, isn't he? They all yeah. love him. Absolutely love him. He, he did put a shift in there yesterday, and he was exceptional. He's um, let's let's see how he does against City when he plays. Um, and then we can talk about him in glowing terms. But he was exceptional yesterday. Uh, it, for me, him, him and Wanyama were man of the match. Wanyama was a destroyer. He was just so good up front. He was good. He was very good. And he also, he also finished the game um, when Janssen came off. Um, he played right down the middle. Um, which I, I, uh, um, maybe arguably isn't his best position. Or he's better coming off um, from, from the left. But... Uh, He's certainly in rich vein of form at the moment. Um, he played up front last season on his own as well. He, he, did, he did a few times, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's... The good thing about this season is you've got the option of... Uh, if Kane... Uh, the case now, Kane being injured, you've got the option of Janssen coming in. Um, and yes, if then we have a further injury or, or, or whatever, then fine, you, you can play some down, that, down the middle. But I think the problem with, for me with last season was... As soon as Kane was injured or, or not available or rested or whatever, it put the owner straight away on somebody else who wasn't essentially 
um, an out-and-out centre-forward or a typical number nine type player to, to go in and fill some very big boots. Whereas I don't think that pressure is there this season. On, no, on uh, you know, Janssen's... Can, Janssen can take that role, but, you know, and the pressure of the, the Kane position uh, when Harry's out. But you know, you've, you've got Son, Ali, Lamella, Eriksson, all around him, all looking to create, pick up, shoot, and move the ball. So uh, going, you know, like I say, five up that five up front is superb. Okay. Um, talking of Kane, um, Ali Hassan asks: Is the injury to Kane a bl- blessing in disguise, giving him a much needed rest? Yes, and here's a conspiracy. Is the injury not as bad as they're telling us? And so he can get his rest and recuperation time to come back sharper. Yeah. You know, is, is he that bad or is he just, they're just saying, right, he's knackered, he needs to rest? I think there's probably a mixture of both um, in there. And yes, he will come back sharper after having rested. He's going to have to work very, very hard to get back up to fitness and, and slot back into the time. When, it, when is he currently due back? I they I don't think they've given a date. I think people, are, from what Potch has said, four to six weeks. They that's what they're assuming his words meant because I think it was very it was it wasn't very non-specific. So what we're saying is he'll be back in November, just in time for when his season actually starts. Yes. Yep. And, and when we actually start playing football. Right. Um, Ed Brad's um, another question from Ed Brad. Are the next few games, months, whilst Kane is out, make or break for Janssen at Spurs. Will he grab the chance and become a great squad player or will he be consigned to the Soldado, Postigo, Rebrov bin? Um, arguably you could say Pavlich, I'm going to this quite controversial, but you could say Pavlichenko who for, for me was a fantastic player but he just wasn't consistent enough. I love Super Pav. I thought he was great. Um, but, I think that Janssen's going to be a smash. Mm-hmm. Is yesterday's other play was a joy to behold. I can't recall a player doing that role for us like that. He was selfless. He gave the ball away. He set Son up and he bullied, bullied the Burrow back four. Um, he's, he loves playing with his back to the goal. He's like one of the Marks. Oh, Duke Hughes. Hughes, you know? yeah. I was, just, I was just about to say, he reminded me of, of Mark Hughes in his prime. Yeah, exactly. Um, if, if he's going to score, the team needs to kind of switch to a different tactical setup to get him into the positions where he's going to be able to shoot. If they're going to rely on him to back to goal, get the ball, play it out to Son, to Lamella or, or Ali, who can then score, that's fine. But to get him to score and turn around, we're going to have to set up different. So Lamella, Ali uh, uh, and Ericsson are feeding him the ball. So we'll see how it goes. But I, I, I think he's going to be a smash. I think he's going to be great. Um... Okay, next question. Um, Carol Hayward says, do you think that Dembele has been our missing link so far this season? Have the, have the rest of the team missed the security of his safe and dominant play in the middle of the field? Because let's face it, no one gets the ball off, uh, off the moose. Um, I think we're going to really kickstart our season now. He's back. What do you think? So in that game, we missed Dembele, Rose and Dyer. And Kane, arguably. And Kane, arguably. So there's four four key players. That word, key players. Yeah. Um, I can't think of another Tottenham side if we were missing four key players. Probably if we were missing two key players that would have been that good, that dominant, and played that well and won. You know, we we've got. I think it shows how strong and deep our squad is that we those four players who you would expect to walk in the starting lineup weren't there, and yet we were so good. 
I, I, I don't think I, I, he'll come on and he'll go for us another dimension. But I think we're we're good without any of those players. Here's here's one for you. I mean, if Man City are the, the, the team that are flying high at the moment, um, and let's let's throw Liverpool in the mix just because, um, again, our, our darling press and media in this company seem to be in love with um, with with Liverpool and convinced that they're, they're going to do really well. Um, if Man City lost, and let's just do it player for player, sort of equivalent. If Man City lost Aguero to our Kane and I don't know Kolarov to our Rose and whoever the hell they've got in the middle of the park um, two players from the middle of their park and if Liverpool lost um, who's the lad that plays from up front uh, Firmino Firmino Coutinho Coutinho and Moreno who plays right back for yeah. Them? back oh, yeah uh, he's, he's rubbish Was um, it is it Klein yep so if they if they lost uh, 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 Klein plays at right back, I'm, I can't think of the, the the left back, but but um, yeah, if they if those teams lost lost as many key players, and we are we are talking about in Kane, Dyer, Dembele, and Rose, players that were regulars last season, and and if they're fit this season, they will walk straight into that team. Um, those those teams would struggle. They would, and. They, I, I honestly agree. You know, yeah, believe that and agree with you. It, you know, but the fact when we've got Wanyama in there, um, and we've got Trippier, you know, uh, we we've got Davis, um, we've got Carter Vickers who can back up. To, you know, in 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 the centre, we've got Dyer who can drop back in there. Uh, even Vaughan when he played against Liverpool, you know, he said that was his best game that he's ever played. Yeah. Uh, maybe unlucky to be dropped. I think we've got strength and depth, and I think you know. People, I don't think people realise how good they actually are. I don't think some of, some of our fans fully appreciate the, the strength and depth that we've got this season. Um, yeah, you just have to look at our bench. I know earlier in the season, you looked at our bench and you thought, well, but at that, that point we had we hadn't purchased um, Soko. We uh, um, Dembele was, was suspended. A few others were were injured. Um, once you have all the players available, you just then have to look at the bench and the ones that aren't playing and just see how strong we are um okay question from david pips he says are any of you worried about our shots conversion rate well i i am i'm i right at the beginning of the pod i mentioned sunderland last week i was i was really concerned about particularly at home um I, i think we need to be a bit more clinical really uh, we we should have killed the game off with all the possession that we had, um, and it, it's strange. Teams do tend to get a, a foothold after we've been so dominant in matches. It, they always get fifteen or twenty minutes that make you twitch a little bit. Um, I mean, we had nineteen attempts on goal, five on target, and scored four, and we had fifty nine percent possession, which is a little odd considering how much of the ball we did have. Um, but, you know, five on target, scored four. That's not too bad. I mean, at least we're getting the attempts on goal. I mean, we had 10 corners or something yesterday as well, which just shows the dominance in that area of the pitch. Um, but we're scoring goals and we're scoring goals from a variety of players in a variety of different positions. It's not like we're relying on Mr. Kane or any other player to score the goal. They're coming from a variety of places, which is good. Yep, hopefully Larice will um, get a goal. Get a goal, yeah, he's due one. Um, 
Vorm two. We, I'd love to see him go up for a penalty if we have one. Love to. With, with his kicking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Um, <laughs> right, final two questions. Um, Nick Seal asks, "How far do the panel think the team can go?" Um, I, I've, I've certainly, I've stated it right on the first pod of the season, and I've stated it probably since then, and I will continue to state it um, uh, that we will win the league. <laughs> that's what I believe and until the men in white coat goes come and take me away I will continue to say that um, or until we win, win the league either one you can you can take your pick um, I can't remember John when we had you back on the pod um, back in August whether whether we did any predictions um, or we... I think I said we were going to win the league get to the final of the Champions League and win the FA Cup so I'm I'm on the same happy pills as you at the moment <laughs> well, um that's... Why not? Why not believe we can win it? Yeah. What, what's the option? We're going to do exactly the same as we've done every other season and and not not do anything. No, w- w- believe you can win it. We're going to get better and stronger as the season goes on. I mean, Liverpool were the benchmark for us, and we came out with a very respectable draw against them. City's a proper test, but I don't think they've been tested, and I don't think they'll be able to cope with us. Well, you know, arguably, if I, I, I look back at last season, and okay, that's history, and 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 we've got to respect the fact that. Leicester won the league and unfortunately we've got to respect the fact that we we screwed it up right at the end and for second place was was in our hands and it should have been a formality um, but it didn't happen but I, I, I still maintain last season when I looked at the, the teams in and around us I, I, I didn't think there was anybody better than us um, I didn't think that Leicester I, I still don't think that it's still really gets under my skin. I still don't think Leicester were, were worthy champions. Um, having said that, they were consistent over the course of the season, and the table doesn't lie. But um, Well, I, ye- yesterday, well, I watched the uh, United-Leicester game yesterday, um, and I think they've been found out, because they can't grapple and, and do the defending as agriculturally as they did last season. They can't defend properly. And Vardy tried to even tried his little trick where he was running along, uh, sprinting along after the ball and slowed and defender went into him and he went down looking for the free kick penalty foul and it wasn't given. So I don't think he's going to get anything from the refs this season. So I, they, I think they'll be found out in the league. and uh, But I think they, they will do well in the Champions League because I don't think teams will know how to play them. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it, rank, it doesn't rank on me because it's nice for Leicester to win it and it's not one of the big boys. But we we should have been more a little bit more consistent and we should have... But, we you know, we played the middle part of the season. We missed off the start and the end. Absolutely. And I think if you look at this season, the start that we've made um, compared to last season and, um, and also... You know, on paper, everybody said, "Oh well, you know, United are going to come back stronger, and 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 so are Chelsea, and so are Liverpool." Well, <coughs> I know it's early days, but I look at the, a game like last season. I felt very early on. I, I looked at the team in around us. I didn't think there was anybody that much better. I think I, I cited we'd finish third back in October last year, and I said at the time I said I wrote off Leicester, but I said that I thought um, Woolwich would by virtue of just them being Woolwich. And and I thought City were impressive, and I and I thought they were impressive in parts last season, but they just weren't consistent enough. And uh, the, the missing company and aware of large parts of the season affected them. Look at it this season. For all the investment that's been made, Chelsea don't scare me. United don't scare me. I think Liverpool will do well, but I think that that they're still inconsistent. I don't think Leicester will will be in the mix. So, really, for me. 
you've got Woolwich. I think they will. I wouldn't write them off. I don't think they're they're, they're fantastic by any stretch of the imagination. But I just think they they will always be there, sniffing around in the top four. To to Wenger's credit, he's they've consistently finished in the top four for a very long period of time, and they've lost um, key players over that time they've not managed to hold on to them but they've still done it so they'll they'll be there or thereabouts and Man City of course um, are looking good but I still think that we I think we've got it in our armory and I think that if you look at all of these clubs okay if you take Leicester one 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 example okay so Leicester did it last season somehow and they had all these players journeymen and and they made a few astute signings and take someone like Kante well they've lost Kante so he's gone um, so they can't. Yesterday, sorry, Chelsea. played rubbish yesterday for Chelsea. They played for Chelsea. Okay, they've held on to Mahrez and Vardy. Um, they bought in um, Salamani, um, but ultimately, I think they will struggle to hold on to their. They've they've done well to keep Vardy and Mahrez. You look at the other end of the spectrum, and you look at your cities and your Uniteds and your Chelseas. They just spend ridiculous amounts of money. And by the way, we can't compete. Coming back to what we were saying earlier about Levy, we can't. We do not at the moment have the um, we don't have the match day revenue we don't have the pulling power that those clubs have so it's it's it, when people say that Levy isn't spending enough he's actually spending within our means and and we are spending we just at the moment can't compete with, with those clubs so that will change with, with, with a new stadium but those clubs just bring in lots of high, um, expensive players somebody like Abramovic who's um, you know, at the latter stage of his of his career, um, and it's all short term. What we're doing, what Mauricio Pochettino is doing, he's building a team. All those contracts that are being signed. Please Sorry? don't please don't call it a project. A project. It's uh, it's it's a long term. I'll, I'll, I'll how about narrative? <laughs> um, I know that's another one of your pet hates. Um, it's he. They look. We're, we're looking ahead. It's organic no, growth. You're, you're, you're dead right. And, and sorry for interrupting, but you're right. We're building a team. We're, we're building Tottenham Hotspur into something. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want us to be a, um, a Man United or a Real Madrid if it means we're by, you know, and, and just going spending £30 million on the next best big thing just to fit in because we would need to have that player. I mean, they bought Mkhitaryan for God knows how much, and he isn't going to get a sniff of, of playing under Mourinho. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I am very proud of the way the club are going and the direction that it's headed at the moment. You know, we we are it's do, doing things the right way. You know, the glory is there. The glory is there. Yeah, the glory is there. The foundations are there. So. Um, yeah, why can't we? Why, 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 why can't we? Why do we have to accept the, the notion that well, Spurs will probably be good enough to finish top four, whatever the hell that means? No, we. Uh, there is no reason why we can't win the league or be in contention. Um, uh, so yeah, um, if I can so do so, absolutely, absolutely. Um, final question. So just just as a follow up from that, Ali Hassan says. It's safe to say that it, that it's great being a Spurs fan at the moment with our explosive style of football and our overall setup. Given all of that, would you rather we continue our brilliant and sailing football from now till the end of the season, but only finish second, or would you take winning the league, playing a bit more bore, a bit playing a more boring edge 
off the feet style of game? So, two parts to that question. The first one, it depends who's above us winning the league. If we continue to play where we are and lose out by a point to City, it's still an outstanding achievement. If yeah. it was the scum, I'm sorry, I just can't contemplate that again. Again, you know, losing again to them. So, I, you know, the old adage about champions playing poorly and still winning. United did it, scum do it. Leicester played a trough last year like we've just discussed and won it. Um, I would I would probably take the boring, crappy 1-0 wins and win the league. Because if, if we finish second behind the Woolwich Wanderers again, you know, by a point when we played so well, um, I'd probably be done with football. I, I, couldn't, I could not take that again. Last, last season left me empty. I had nothing. The goons at work, Oh, again, and I, I, was, I just went. I've got nothing. I can't. I can't say anything. We we balls it up. We lot. You know, the last three games we threw it away. I have and that again this season would be probably be me done. Yep. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. The only thing I'd say is just to dissect his question another way. I'd, I'd say that if the the the, the explosive ex, um, type of football that Ali refers to. Um, Alongside that, we've got still. Alongside that, we're quite solid. We've only conceded three goals in the league, um, none of which have been from open play. Um, I believe I think they've all, all been set pieces. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. And so we're going about it in the right way anyway, not just from an attacking point of view, but, but just having that still. To finish second would mean that we've... Again, once again, we've been in contention. We've done all the right things. Um, and... The, 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 there's, you know, there might be all, all, a whole number of reasons if you finish second that you've 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 missed out. It might be goal difference. It might be um, one bad day at the office. So uh, that's fine. Um, of course, I want us to win the league. And actually, if you look at the teams that have won the league, as you say, about, John, about grinding out results, um, even uh, I mean, I remember when Chelsea um, when they last won the league um, they started off that season really well season before last and then they played us on New Year's Day and we beat them 5-3 and I think ever, ever since after that match for the remainder of that season they weren't as, as expansive um, under Mourinho um, but they were digging out um, lots of 1-0 results and, and being a lot more Offensive and effectively doing what they needed to do and getting the points and, win and winning the league. Um, years and years ago, United, I remember um, when they won the double in 94, when, when, the, when they won the double on, on one of the many occasions they won the double in 95 96. Um, towards the end of that season, they were winning a lot of matches 1 0, courtesy of goals from Cantona. Um, yeah. So, particularly towards that business end of the season, by that point, I don't care how we how we win, win whether it, whether the ball um, rolls off Danny Rose's ass and into the back of the net, well, preferably the opposition net rather than our net. Um, th that th that's fine as long as we're, we're picking up the points, um, and th that's that's the main thing. I, I don't care if it's by that point. I don't care if it's boring. Um, I want us to win. I want us to be champions. I want us to win the league in my lifetime, um, and I think that we have a team that was close to achieving that last season we've kept all of our um, all of our top players um, and they're signing new contracts signing new contracts the young players are signing new contracts people want to play for Tottenham Hotspur it, it's it's a, it's a, 
we've kept our biggest asset in, in, in Mauricio Pochettino. We're building this fantastic new stadium. Um, future really is um, uh, bright. Yeah, right. I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, we've just got to keep going and keep going and keep going. You know, we're there at the moment, and let's enjoy the ride. Um, Kudok. Um, final thing I was going to say is so next week um, playing Man City, and I'll be recording the podcast next Sunday evening. Um, I hope to have. Bex on the podcast and Mark Stoll. Um, John, thank you, thank you for stepping in this week. No problem. Very enjoyable. Always uh, good to talk to you. And bye, everybody. Yep. Um, on that note, the future's bright. The future's really white. Good night. in the dirt. Now gather around and sing it out and we'll talk out all the hurt.